If we got, Five, if four, got the three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. This is the story of Thanksgiving as seen from Red Bull. And I'll narrate a little bit because my podcast viewers will miss it. Here comes the pioneer and the Indian out to the... This does not look good. Animal pen. Here. The pig drinks a Red Bull, has wings, and goes flying away. The cow drinks a Red Bull, wings, and flying away. The sheep throws wings, flying away. The turkey, we're out of Red Bull, and doesn't realize it can fly away. And here comes the turkey for Thanksgiving. There you go, Red Bull, no wings. No Red Bull, no wings. How about that? And that is the, the reason we eat turkey at Thanksgiving. Because there was not enough Red Bull to go around at the first Thanksgiving, which is literally true. You don't see a Thanksgiving ad per se very often, and I thought we'll give them kudos for that one. I really, I really enjoyed that one. Let's put this over to here so we can, we can see. <clears throat> Most Americans believe that Facebook and other digital media spy on them. This is from Joe Mandesi from Media Post, it shows the percentage of Americans who believe digital platforms spy on their users. 68% believe Facebook is spying on you, even when you're not on it. If you keep it open in your browser and you're browsing somewhere else, from what I understand, uh, it's spying. TikTok, probably doing facial recognition. I don't have TikTok. Google, everywhere spying. I've moved to DuckDuckGo. Instagram I use, but only rarely. Amazon, never, basically. Snapchat, never. Twitter, uh, moving off Twitter. Don't like what they're doing. YouTube, lots of YouTube. I love YouTube. And that's Google. Okay, I don't have Apple. I don't. LinkedIn is way down at 20%. They don't seem to spy on me much because, you know, I've had a few complaints. <laughs> and feel free to complain if you want and you want to pick a topic, that's fine too. Thanks for the hearts, thanks for the thumbs up and the coffee. I think I, someone sent me coffee online, which is very nice of you. Golf Journal brings back the magazine. Now that's something, because, you know, for the last decade, we've seen magazine after magazine after magazine, kapoosh, gone. Golf Journal came back. 385,000 subscribers. And down in Phoenix, they're printing... Uh, newspaper. This is a promo piece. Look at this thing. This is a full-on, this is big and thick. It's thick. It's like a full newspaper. They're mailing them out by the millions. Cool, huh? That's a way to get engagement. Direct mail. So, you want to cure your email? How brands can cure email fatigue with direct mail. Andre Shadra. Okay, direct mail rates, and then this is just a good summary. This is good because it it gives you a perspective that you might not have otherwise. This is a solid, it's a solid uh, Brand United article restating what I've said a lot of, but it, you know, of course, it leaves something out. But <laughs> direct mail response, direct mail response rates and ROI are on the rise. The mailbox is wide open. That's point one good point. There's actually three in here. You got to look at response. <clears throat> I would include engagement because you don't engage with your email anymore. At best, you glance at the 
bulk of it and try to find something valuable. Okay? Admit it. Admit it. And those merchants that are sending me email, just stop. I stopped Amazon because decades ago they sent out a customer survey email and said, tell us about yourself so we can make your offers more targeted. So I thought, well, what kind of books? This is back when they were mostly books. What kind of books do I like? Well, I like, now they would have known this because I ordered them from them. I like hunting books because I was learning to hunt. Now I'm learning beekeeping because I've slowed down a few paces. <laughs> but I like hunting books. And I thought, okay, that's good hunting. How about hunting and fishing? And uh, that wasn't offered. All that was offered was outdoor. So I clicked outdoor. And I thought, well, I read a lot of Christian books because I like to read Christian books, especially from antiquity. Now they're basically all available as texts from different sources. And so I put Christian. Oh, no, Christian wasn't offered. Religious or spiritual. Rather, that's it. Spiritual. So I profiled myself on my own as an outdoor spiritual person. Now, what do you think I got from this highly targeted marketing research? I got books on meditating in the mountains for Buddhists and other things like that. The Gaia principle of the earth and uh, uh, insane stuff. Not, not that the writers are insane, but compared to what I was looking for, it was... 180 degrees. I wanted to know how to hunt and fish better. <laughs> you know, or what the great saints have had to say. So, let's get off this. Just get off this idea that you can predict what I want. You don't know what I want. I don't even know what I want. Okay? And that's the magic of catalogs. You know, we tried for years at Musician's Friend to target. We knew what they bought. They bought a lot. And you'd send the drummers a drum catalog and they'd buy a guitar. And that's just the way it is. And, and we knew they weren't guitar buyers. They probably never bought a guitar. We kept a couple guitars in there and they'd buy one. They said, hey, this, and I'm not saying it didn't help response. It did. You know, to target people by their interests. We actually did a little better uh, on a response rate basis with the targeted versions. We did, ten, we did four versions a month. And hundreds of thousands of each. But when it all boiled down, the average order size went down a little bit. And uh, the offering was smaller and the work was, you know, four, five, ten times more. More work. So we said, you know, we did as well or better with that big book. Let's just keep doing that and finding the people that deserve to get one. And that's another principle. So, you know, when marketers zig, you got to zag, man. You know, uh Go back to the foundation. Anyway, so, yeah, email is a part, an important part of the marketing mix, but um, <laughs> an email address wakes up to a ton of bricks in their inbox. On average, 600 each week, I can get 600 a day, usually about 300 a day. And um, so where a lot of email gets caught in spam filters and junk folders never seen by your targets, 98% of direct mail gets delivered and read. Now here's a really important part that I keep making. You know, you say, oh no, that's, yeah, that's not true. I mean, 
but only 2% respond, and that's 98% in the trash. So 98% get delivered, and 98% of that get thrown in the, in the trash. True. You have to. Because direct mail will sit around like, you know, it, it will sit around like this. Vermont Country Store is sitting around waiting for me. I'm already got pages marked for Christmas presents. Okay? I'm all set. I got it open on my desk. Now, when I'm done with it, it's going to get thrown away. Or in my case, I usually put them in a file so I can, you know, archive. But the point is, that's not a knock on direct mail. Even throwing it in the trash is engagement. But let me tell you something else, in case you haven't heard. Direct mail is not thrown away by everyone in the household. My kids never had the prerogative of throwing mail in the trash. You know, I mean, I remember one time when I started going to get a lot of the mail, it was because I was expecting a, a, a let's say, damaging letter from my English teacher in, my, in high school. Now, I did the work over Christmas vacation, but I wasn't going to let that letter that said I would get a disappointing grade if I didn't do something about it right away. Why should I give that to my parents right before Christmas? So there are occasions. If your if your kids start going to the mail, uh, you know maybe they got maybe they got a letter coming home that they know about, or maybe they've got a speeding ticket that they know is coming, or something else, right? Right. But other than that, if things ha- operate as they operate, I got I get the mail some days. And I check it every four or five days because it will explode our mailbox. We do get a lot of mail. And I don't throw it out. I, I put it in stacks. Here's the advertising mail. Here's the bills. Here's the first class mail. I don't open hardly any of it unless it's explicitly to me. And then my wife throws it out. She's the decision maker. Direct mail not only gets read, it gets read by the decision maker. Okay. And she might say, hey, order me something from here for Christmas. Okay, good. Okay, now, so the average inbox placement rate in North America is only 83%. Your email has only a 1 in 6 chance of even being seen. One blacklist, we had this happen. I I was on a blacklist in Europe from five years ago. And all of a sudden, my Gmail broadcasts weren't getting through, so we switched. Now we're... We're on an email service where they can hunt that down. But they basically, I went to that email, and and it said, your IP address has been blocked. Now, this could have been from GDPR getting kicked in, but I had permission from all those people to send send them email. In fact, I had people asking me because I said, I'm blocking Europe because I don't get any revenue, but they can claim 4% of my overall revenue. And that, you know, a couple of grand. I don't want to pay a couple of grand to them. Why would I want that when I never got any revenue from them and I'm not bugging people? I got like 20. No, I had about 100 emails from people I met on LinkedIn. And, you know, I used to send them my, they subscribed. Um, but, you know, it could have been five years ago. And so I wrote them all and I said, I'm unsubscribing you all because of GDPR. And many of them wrote back and said, no, please keep me on. I said, but I'm going to forget to ask you again. And you have to ask every two years. And if you wait till two years and one month, then you're subject to fines again. Not going to do it. So I don't. So if you're in Europe, connect with me on LinkedIn and happy to answer. Okay, so one blacklist can cause a lot of trouble. Here's where email works. When the recipient already wants to hear from you, but you know what? 
Mail works even better. Because they may not have time to get to it right then. They may open it. Your open rate will will be fine. But engagement? You know, one of the best TV commercial stories ever was when Sports Illustrated accidentally ran an ad on Saturday morning cartoons. They, they didn't mean to. It was an accident. But the dads were watching with their kids while mom slept in. And uh, the dads didn't care about the, the cartoons. Whereas if they advertise in the middle of the Super Bowl, I don't want to leave the Super Bowl to go subscribe to Sports Illustrated. So getting attention, getting opened, and getting engagement are two very different things. And mail gets you engagement. Okay? The anti-mail. Direct mail are totally different and complementary practices. The mailbox is not crowded. Spending more time with mail, they the mail they do get, and your mail will not refuse, your mail person will not refuse to deliver your letter. Americans say they enjoy opening postal mail, right? So it's no surprise that they get a response. Now, here's the foundational issue. If all you do is email day after day after day after day to your customers, you're annoying them because you can't predict what they want. I guarantee you that you're sending irrelevant mail. And the more you do it, the more irrelevant it becomes. That's the fact. Think about a competitor that you decided to buy from just to see what they would do. Think how annoyed you are, right? Or think about a, a vendor or a merchant that botched an order and you're really tired of hearing from them and they just keep going over and over and over and over, day after day after day after day, every day. It builds hatred, right? Hatred. Contrast that with Vermont Country Store. I haven't bought from them in 30 years, almost 40 years maybe. I don't remember. But I remember, I remember exactly what I bought. It was for our first Christmas. And so I'm going to commemorate that this year. It's going to be great. And now she's going to want what I got her back then. I hope she's watching. I got her a flannel nightie and she cried. She said, the honeymoon's over. The honeymoon ain't over. I just wanted you to keep warm at night. So now she wants to keep warm at night. Get her some flannel nighties. Anyway, so email isn't email is isn't just disposable, it's forgettable. If you have customers that are valuable, if they've been with you for a while, send them something special. You know, I keep saying that this time of year. Send them something. Not just a dumb email. They're sick of your email. They're sick of it. And you say, well, we get responses. Yeah, of course you get responses, right? If you mailed every customer you ever had, you'd get responses. It wouldn't be worth the money, but it would be worth something. And if you don't know how to, if you don't know how to find the almost alive ones, give me a call. We'll talk. Now, I have a great article for tomorrow. But I'm going to skip it because it's too great. It's a fantastic article. And we're going to talk about marketers serving marketers. Because if you're in the print industry and you you think you're selling printing, you're not selling printing. You're selling marketing. And you're selling it to marketers. And if you understand that and you understand how mail has advantages it elevates customer contact. It elevates. Okay, if your customer is spending thousands of dollars a year with you and all you do is 
crappy, almost free email to them, someone else is going to do better. And they should. And you don't deserve that customer. Just think about that. Think about what would happen if you spent 10% of your marketing budget on each customer's spend. Just think that. Think about how much you spend just dumping email on good customers. It's insane. You're dumping, 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 and it's not worth a dime hardly. And what? You think that they are impressed with your customer care and your customer experience? Send them something nice. Even a catalog is nicer than that. You're abusing your customers with email. Direct mail is anti-email. It elevates the customer contact. But you can send them much more. You saw, I just got a fleece, a beanie cap, some socks for free from Positive Promotions. It was an amazing package. Now, I would have thrown a couple of pens in there and some other stuff, you know, because they sell all that stuff. But apparently they were promoting the, you know, I would have liked a broader picture rather than, you know, that much cost per piece. And I would have suggested, too, uh, you know, since a lot of buyers are women, an extra large fleece, or I think it was a large, but it's way too large for me. You know, if you're going to send something that nice, you might want to, there would be a great email. We got your registration. We just wondered what size you were. Oh, that could have elevated a little. See, there's a good one. I just registered. Bing me back right away. Ask me my size. Or while I'm registering right on the spot. Try to help. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing.